Welcome everybody online, wherever you're joining us from. Uh, thanks for being a part. It's Palm Sunday. It's a special day for us because uh, this sort of launches the week where um, we, we focus our, our thoughts and our attention on the, the passion of, of the Christ. And so today in the message, I want to give us some time to think and reflect. If you're, uh, if you're new to the faith, if you're... <laughs> I found a lot of people there, they're not new at all, but they have no idea what Palm Sunday means anyway, right? So a few years ago, I spent the whole Sunday trying to explain that. I don't quite have the time, but um, historically, a week before uh, Christ, the, the crucifixion or the resurrection Christ comes into Jerusalem, and uh, in John's gospel, uh, he writes it this way. Uh, the crowd, it says the next day, the crowd that had come in for the festival, their festival, again, would have been the Passover. So everybody look here, Passover would have been um, um, their, their new year, the beginning of their nation, Right? And uh, so people came in. So it was just, the, just so again you remember this big, huge festival in Jerusalem for the nation of Israel was sort of like their Fourth of July and Christmas all in one day. All right. So this had huge significance for them. And you throw in a little bit of Super Bowl Sunday, and you have a feeling for what was going on in Jerusalem at that time. Everybody was there. It was the place to be spiritually, socially, right? In every possible way, this was the day. And uh, so everybody was in town. Um, Jesus is, is, is there, and he's approaching Jerusalem, and he gets on a donkey, and it says they took palm branches, and they went out to meet him, shouting, ready, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, blessed is the king of Israel. Now, um, one of the things that they would have done at that time is they would have uh, been singing, so if you go to a soccer match and you go to a football game, uh, a lot of times they have chants, they have songs, they have things that they would do. So they would have gone through Psalm 113 through Psalm 118 in your Bible. So what was, what was this? Was this just a random saying? No, they were finishing Psalm 118 verses 25 and 26. That's what, that's what you hear there. So this was just part of the whole thing, but they were giving significance to Christ. Now, it, again, remember, they're having their 4th of July, right? And they are captive. So it's kind of like us celebrating Independence Day with some other nation over top of us. And the, the celebration had a sense of angst to it, had a sense that this isn't right. We want, we want our freedom, and so, and by the way, that's why the Romans, they, they brought in extra guards. They brought in all kinds of extra resources for this because this was like a tinderbox. And they knew it. And so people were shouting. Now, they, they, uh, they put things on the road. They were, they were saying that we, we think this is, our, this is our king, right? This is the guy that's going to set us free. And so that's just the context of Palm Sunday as Jesus comes into Jerusalem. And uh, there's something else you need to know 
Christians call it Palm Sunday. But if you go to town, the festival's later in the week. All right? So their, their Passover, their New Year's is later in the week. So these people are here a week early. Anybody ever go to, hey, I'm going to go to the Super Bowl. It's a lifelong dream of mine, and it's in a great location, so we're going to go a week early. Anybody ever add on to a vacation? And, all right. So it's partly that, but it's also they have, some, they have some things that they need to do. So I'll go see my mom at Thanksgiving time, and, you know, if you, anybody do the Thanksgiving dinner, and you, got, you can't just do it on Thanksgiving Day. How many know what I'm talking about? There are some things that you have to do. So uh, as a part of their tradition, one of the things that they would have to do is they would have to go and get a lamb. Center part of their festival or their celebration was a lamb. And they would, they would get this lamb, and uh, from Exodus chapter 12, we learn a little bit of the tradition of what the people would do in that day. So it's written in, in uh, Exodus 12. It says, Tell the whole community uh, that on the tenth day, the first month, the tenth day, each one is to grab a, take a lamb for his family, one for each household. Everybody get a lamb. Now, let's, next verse says this. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they would share with their nearest neighbor. Make sense? You're too, you're, you have a small family, maybe you're poor, whatever, and you go to their nearest neighbor and uh, you kind of count up the people. Anybody have trouble getting the right amount of food for Thanksgiving? Isn't that a brutal task? I mean, so you're, I mean, literally they're thinking, okay, if it's too much. And the other thing that I love about this verse is it, this is what so, to me so many people miss. So many people miss grace and common sense. You know, you know what I mean? It's just like common sense. Like, you had a small family or you're poor, just go in with somebody. This is how I'm reading the verse. Just go in with somebody. It doesn't matter. Yeah, everyone's supposed to have a lamb, but if you, got, if you don't have a lot, just, it's okay. Just go. Now, let me say, do you think you could read into that verse, if three of you need to go in together, that's okay too? Please say yes. Like, you're, you're awake. Like, yeah. I mean, I think they're just saying, it's just, you know, just kind of celebrate. Get, get it together and get with some people. And it doesn't matter. Now, here's what's fascinating. Here, watch the next verse. Um, it says, so you determine the number of people and then everybody has enough food to eat. The animals you choose must be a year old, male, without defect. And you can take them um, from the sheep or the goats. Year old, male, right? Now, watch this. Verse 4 was all about, to me, it was all about grace and common sense and it's okay. Just make, just, it doesn't matter if you have, everybody get it? It was easy. You know what the next verse they did with? The next verse, the religious leaders, as they're known to do, I'm one, I guess, theoretically, all right? Uh, they take the second verse and they use it as an opportunity to control people. So this is, this is what would happen in those days. They took that verse, and it says that it has to be without defect, and they put themselves... I'm not to that one yet. Okay, all right. I'll get there. All right. I love someone. Love. Love. All right. I'll get to it. So they're without defect, right? And the religious leaders... 
The Sadducees said, you can only get a lamb that we approve. Guess who was, the Sadducees, guess who was selling sheep right around that time from the hills of Bethlehem nearby? So everybody came in. You read in one verse, you get, yeah, it's about grace. It's about everybody having one and share. And I mean, how many, how many here, like, you've eaten enough pancakes in life. If somebody here is hungry, they can have a couple of yours. Are you with me? It's like, if somebody walks in this building and they don't have enough money for pancakes, please tell me that someone here would just buy their pancakes, right? Or, or we'd give them. It's not, it's not that deep. So it's about grace. They take the next verse, and the religious leaders in their day, you had to buy a sheep approved by the Sadducees, which they were just filling their pockets. They have discovered, they have discovered this recently, they've discovered in Jerusalem, they were doing some um, digging, you know, they were going to, I think it had something to do with apartment complexes, although I could be mixing my stories up, but they, they were doing some recent digging, and they found ridiculously expensive bottles of wine, like thousands and th- in today's equivalent, thousands and thousands of dollars, bottles of wine, underground, special indoor pools. How could you take one verse? It's right next to it. And the idea is it's about, it's okay, whatever. And they, they were just trying to say, you get this special lamb now, and then you, you take them. Now we're ready for that verse, right? And it says... Um, you, you take them and you care for them until the 14th day of the month. So we're on the 10th day, and then you're going to care for them for how many days? Four days. So what's everybody doing on the day that Jesus rides into Jerusalem? We call Palm Sunday because of the palms that were being waved, which were a sign of victory, and we did that another year. But palms were a sign of victory. So you, people were shouting, victory, victory. Um, what was everybody else doing? It wasn't Palm Sunday. It was, ready, Lamb Selection Day. It was the day you went to get your lamb. On the day, everybody's in town buying their lamb. Jesus is riding into Jerusalem. I went with my mom this year to get the turkey for Thanksgiving. Never again. I did it, I did it once, but I, I won't ever do it again, right? I just, I can't do it. We get to the grocery store. There, every human being in Florida is in the grocery Every human being is at the grocery Everyone. I went around to look. There are no carts. There are no carts. There are none. You go in there, there's no carts. What do you... You just got to carry them around. Everybody, that is true. So I had to stand out. I had to stand out there and stalk people in the parking lot waiting for their cart, right? I got two. I was like a superhero when I came in and I gave one to another family. And then you, it's bumper carts. It's an hour of bumper carts. I'm not kidding you. I'm not like exaggerating to make you laugh a lot. I mean, wham, wham, right? I, I need that over there. And so. We get there and we get to the turkey and then, you know, like I was trying to be like uninvolved, just helpful, helpful, but uninvolved. Like I didn't want to get on the decision making bandwagon, 
But once you get to the churches, you can't help but voice your opinion a little bit, like the size and this, right? So then we get to the turkey thing. And anyway, you get, it's a big deal to get. So this is the day. Think of the crowds. Everybody's going to get their lamb. Everybody. It's, it's crazy there. And that's the day that Jesus comes riding into Jerusalem. When everybody's picking their lamb. I don't know if you know this. Uh, a year old lamb. I, I, I looked up a year old lambs and I, I, I got a couple of pictures for you. So um, check, check out what it, like a year old lamb looks like. Look at that. Now, just leave the picture there if you can for a minute. Leave it there. Right? Now, just think about this. For four days, that little guy is living in your house with you. What are the kids doing? Remember, right? They're, they're loving this guy. Are they not? Aren't your kids just falling on him and petting him? And how oh, soft and... Isn't that amazing? A year old. And for four days, this guy's living with you. I, I looked up a couple more just because I thought, man, what an experience it would be. So if we could take ourselves into that week, that week, where they have the lamb with them. It says they care for him for four days. Look, what, look at some modern day pictures. Watch this one. People caring for their lambs. Look at this guy. Huh? I mean, couldn't you see your, your child doing something like that, right? Like they just taking this little guy in and loving them. And are you with me? Watch this one. Huh? <laughs> now, now what, what's going on? Everybody's taking pictures, right? I mean, you've got this new little guy in the, in the house and, and everybody's loving him and there's this undercurrent. What's the undercurrent? He's going to die soon. He's going to the slaughter. And he has no idea it's coming. He has no idea it's coming. I want to put a word associated with the lamb. You'd say, you'd say sweet. What would you say? Cuddly. Adorable. You'd have a word. Let me put a word there. Vulnerable. Vulnerable. All of a sudden in the scriptures, all of a sudden in the scriptures, God's trying to show us that he's vulnerable. Now, how many prayers have you heard prayed? And they begin with this almighty God. Now, we, 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 in one sense, we like almighty God because we like the fact that he's got enough juice to get what we need done. Am I right? I mean, like we, we, we kind of want power as long as it's on our side and going our way. But how many times have you ever prayed, all vulnerable God? 
See, we have a culture, just as they did, that prizes power. The whole Palm Sunday story is about vulnerability. The whole story of Palm Sunday is about, can I say this? Weakness. We don't, our culture doesn't prize weakness. I can tell you that for sure. You know, when I grew up, I, I, did, a little, I did a little boxing, Flint Powell, Police Athletic League, you know, Coach Bird. And one thing I learned early about fighting was this. Don't let them think you're afraid. Don't you ever, ever, ever let them see weakness, any kind of weakness. Because if you step into a ring with somebody and they smell weakness, you're done. It's over. So the first thing you learn, and this is what a lot of us learned growing up, is project strength. Project I'm tougher than you. Project I'm tougher than this situation. Put out there that I'm stronger than you. And this was the prevailing idea of God. And then came Jesus. He doesn't ride in on a horse. There were horses. All powerful generals rode in on what? Horses. Jesus rides in on a what? A donkey. Some of you that have ever been to sales classes, you know this. Some of you know you're in sales right now and your company requires you to drive powerfully. It's true. Your company demands that if you show up, you ain't showing up in a 22-year-old pickup. Your company does not allow it. It doesn't say strength. You have to show up in a certain level. Because why? Why is that? Why is it that a corporation today demands that you show up in a certain status? Because people buy into power. It's a fact. You, people will come up here and testify. That's true. I work for a company and they demand that it's this and they, and they do spot inspections. And here comes Jesus. And then you go. Remember those? Huh? Here comes Jesus in a K car. You gotta be old to know these things, right? If you're laughing, I know you're old. That's good. All right. The young generation's like a smart car. All right? Jesus, that's for the young crowd, right? In a smart car. It's not projecting much, is it? What if? Ready? Lean in. What if God is radically different than you thought he is? Not a little, radically different. What if you and I grew up in the palm culture, power culture, victory? You don't ride donkeys for victory. You ride donkeys for humility. Donkey was a symbol of hard work and peace. Horses were a symbol of power and victory. And the people were drunk on it then. And may I say, I think we're a little drunk on it now. Uh, It's easy, bro. Bro, it's easy to put a cross around your neck. All you need is five bucks. But to put a cross on your shoulder? 
to buy into the Jesus thing? Really? Buy in? That's a game changer. How many guns do we need? Chris, you got into my politics and blah, blah, blah. I don't give a crap about your politics. How many guns do we need? I got more, I got more. Listen. Listen. I grew up in a non-gun culture and in a gun culture. My family, I, I was taught when I was a kid, I had the little, the little pellet gun, pump action, hold it like this. We'd walk to the railroad tracks. We'd set up little beer cans, shoot them and against the mud wall of the railroad tracks, the little river that went under the river. I, I, I was taught all that. I was taught gun safety, all right? I inherited a 357 Magnum from my dad, right? I know all about guns. Not as much as some of you, I am aware. How many do we need? Should a kid be able to buy an assault rifle when they're 18 years old? Some of you have 18-year-old kids in your house. You know where their thoughts are. Don't let, if you're, if you're for a certain party, don't let them tell you how to think about everything. Are you with me? Vote for who you want to vote for. Do what you want to do. But don't let them tell you how to think about everything. What if somebody in here started, I'm a gun owner, but I am for responsibility and restriction and common sense so people don't keep dying and we don't have to keep muscling up all the time. And I'd still love to shoot recreationally or responsibly or whatever. Part of our problem, part of our problem is we don't have the both sides talking. If there was ever a blessing in my life, the blessing was I lived in two households. And say, oh, that's a problem, Chris. That's bad for... No. Yeah, maybe. But you know what? There are some good things about it. Because I lived in one household that didn't have anything to do with guns ever, 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 ever. And then I moved later into my dad's house. And it was in the rural parts. All the kids would... I mean, everybody had a gun. You were taught to shoot. And they weren't bad people. And these people weren't bad people. Why does one group have to be bad and wrong and the other right? And why can't we talk and compromise and get a little common sense going? Why does everybody have to be completely a demon? Why can't they have a slice of truth and these guys have a slice of truth? If we could have a dialogue, then less people could die. If we could talk, less people could die. But we just can't talk. I could say to these people, no, no, these people aren't all, because I go to this family reunion and they don't have any guns. And I go to this family reunion and everybody has one and they go out shooting and they, you know. And neither one of them are demonic. They just have different ways of looking at the world. But what if we got together and talked? I think the problem is sometimes we buy into strength. Because that's how our culture is. That's how I was taught. Being weak is not cool. Being weak isn't cool in a business meeting, right? Being weak isn't cool, right, in the playground. Being weak isn't cool, you know. But 
Christ comes as a lamb on a donkey. Everybody's shouting power and victory and conquer. And his, one of his guys pulls out a sword. And Jesus says, no, what? Put away the sword. If you live by the sword, you will what? Who am I quoting? Jesus. Oh, do you know anything about him? I'm not quoting myself. I'm not quoting some liberal. I'm quoting Jesus. If you live by the sword, you will... If you're interested in him. And I know some things I'd say aren't always popular, but I don't really care sometimes. And I'm not trying to win your vote or make you happy. I'm trying to get you to think. And what I have a trouble with is I think sometimes people don't think. And I know you, get, you have to vote for one person and you like to sometimes vote for a slice of a person. Anybody? Wouldn't you? I give me two-thirds him and a third her and an eighth of... Isn't that true? But so what? Still think. And then whoever you do, then pressure them and talk to them. And say, you know what? I'd much rather sell my 18-year-old kid a beer than an AR-15. I would. I mean, you can think what you want to think. Okay, unpopular. Next page. I got more. I got more. I got more. You'll like this one. You'll like this one. So, have you ever noticed, speaking of pets and family dog, how dogs will just do something over and over and over and over again? If they like something, they will do it. In, if, I, if they're fetching all, they'll just fetch it until they can't walk. They don't have an off switch. No, no, that's enough. That was fun a couple of times. Kind of like a little kid, but they just go and go and go. They love, look, they love who they are and what they are. And they're okay with it. Can I just say it in a simple way? They just love being a dog. Does your dog just love being a dog? I love it. This is the best. This is the best. It's sort of like they embody this thing that I'm talking about, Vulnerability. They just embody it. They just show up like that little lamb. They just, they're just there. We are the same way. We, it's easy for us to not be vulnerable because it's better, it's better in our minds to project power. One writer I was talking about, he said, you know, most of our ideas, most of our modern ideas of God are actually pagan-based. They come from Zeus. The thunderbolt God that's up above, throwing down. And that's the truth. A lot of people grew up with that, and, and that's their idea. And so Jesus comes, and he's trying to say, no, 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 that's not, that's not. And he comes in with the donkey as the lamb. You know, they say one of the things that people fear the most, I, this always, like, it it's blows my mind, but then when you think about it, you start to understand. Death, and number two has always been public speaking. And I, you know, I, I start to realize 
why that is, because I thought, that's so weird. Now, I think, you know, like in my case, I, I started when I was a teenager, and I would just talk to other kids. And, you know, so it's just sort of a thing that you, you just sort of grow along with. But I remember the one time when I was in college, and I had to take a public speaking class. Anybody remember these? And I had been speaking a lot, but I specifically went up in front of this class, and it was an assignment, and you knew you were being graded, and there was this British, it was a British, why do I have to have a British professor, right, that was a proper English, in my public speaking class, and he was, he was a British professor, and he is analyzing every single word. So the idea is, when you stand there, you feel exposed, you feel judged because they are judging you. And then I got it. I'm like, oh, it's not really about the speaking at all. It's about putting yourself in front of a bunch of people and then them judging you, which you guys never do about me. I know. I know. So thankfully, that's why I'm okay. But no one's ever going to be talking about today. I know. And where you put yourself out there and you and you you you're judged. In other words, what, what we don't like is we just don't like being vulnerable. We hate the idea that you put yourself out there and someone's just going to rip into you. I had to learn, I think I told some of you this, early on, it does something to you emotionally. I don't know exactly what it, what it is, but I had to learn early on. People would say, oh... Hey, you just want to go grab a burger? You want to go after church, you know? And I'm trying to be friendly and nice. And I'd say, oh, sure, you know, let's go. And what I didn't realize, I I learned later about your brain waves and all the things that are happening to you physically and psychologically and emotionally when you're doing this. And you're firing at a certain cylinder, right? And then you go out to to dinner and people are just chatting about the weather. and And you just want to take a nap. That's all you do. You just want to take a nap. And I didn't, I didn't understand this. I didn't understand it. You, you feel exposed, and you just need to go, and you just need to take a nap. And you, you get better. You recover. But you know people are talking about you. They're talking about it. It's, just, it's life. We don't like to be exposed. What's the story of Easter? It's the story of absolute exposure. Some guy came to my house in the middle of the night the other night, 2.30, knocking on my door, scared the tar out of me, scared me. I mean, I haven't been scared like that in a long time. I mean, terrified, because he wouldn't go away. Bang, bang, bang. You know, I get a little nervous sometimes. I mean, a lot of people know who I am, and so I, every once in a while I get a little nervous. I was very nervous. And I don't lock my door. I'm going to now. I locked it last night. Uh, because so I'm thinking is that guy's going to go walk in. I'm thinking of my plan. How am I going to get out of here? He wouldn't leave. He wouldn't leave. Bang, 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 bang. The terror. Listen. The terror that you feel. Your heart's going, boom, boom, boom. Why won't this person leave? Think. Because the door's open. Being vulnerable is hard. Being vulnerable is hard. But it's the only way to really live. Because the only other option that you have is to barricade yourself off 
from everyone. I'm not, I'm not talking about that you should do what I do. You shouldn't, all right? And that's an that's a ex- extreme example. But you know what I'm talking about? We shut ourselves off emotionally. We lock the doors. And you have, that happens when you've been hurt. That happens when you've been burned. It happens. But you can't leave it locked forever. You've got to let people in a little bit. You've got to let people know that you're there. That you're willing to be wrong. That you're willing to be in a relationship. That things aren't perfect. They're not going to be perfect. But they're going to be okay. I'm, I'm out of time, but here's the thing. Palm Sunday... The lamb rides in on a donkey. It's all about exposure and vulnerability. Whenever you see that little picture of that lamb, you remember, this was the picture that God wanted us to have of him. And if that's how God is, then maybe that's how we should be each other. 2 Corinthians 12. That's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness. Everybody say that together. I delight in weakness. It's not true. You're saying it because it's there, but it's not, you, don't, you don't really yet, but just say it. I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardship. Huh? Talk about un-American. Oh, Paul would have been a lousy American, huh? Wouldn't he? We would have kicked him out. Wouldn't we? In persecutions when difficult. For, ready? Let's say this together. For, when I am weak, then I'm strong.